life in three dimensions got me bent and got me twisted. I don't want to set a lot, but I should probably stop pretending. I don't really hold the key and I can't really push a button. I just step up to the mic and try my very best to bust it, but I ran out of breath. It's tight in my chest. My feet just might fail. I can't stand up pressure. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Racially Speaking, where we have real and honest conversations about race as it's viewed through the lenses of faith, family, and vocation. As always, I'm your host, David Phipps, and of course, I'm joined by my newly established co-host, John Mark Walker. What's up, everybody? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, uh, Washington changed their football team name. I saw that. Now, yeah. what? I heard a bunch of different possibilities. What was, I think I know, but what was the outcome? Uh, the Commanders. Commanders. So Washington, yeah, Commanders. Okay, so how do you feel? It's curious, it's curious. Uh, I feel good. I was, I, I'm an on and off Washington football fan. And um, I don't know, I feel good about the name. I'm glad it changed from the racist one that they had before. Mm. Um, and that that uh, Native American trope that was our mascot. And um yeah, so I'm glad. I just hope that they don't have uh, a commander trope to replace the Native American trope. Right, I don't. That would look like. I don't know like where it could go, but that's where my mind goes. I was like, yeah. man, yeah. couldn't they have gone a yeah, little what are, what are, farther from the danger yeah. zone? But um, I don't know what a commander is. I haven't looked into the history of the word commander or anything like that. But right, I mean, I'm ignorant to a lot of the culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I heard at one point, red wolves, red tails. Yeah. All these different yep. things. And even then, I was like, they could, I don't know. It, it kind of felt like a lose-lose to, in all fairness. But um, yep. Commanders, interesting. I heard that it was going to be the Admirals for a while, which I would only think about the minor league hockey team I grew up watching in the 757. Right. Um, yep. Which I would have been about yeah, that. That could have been cool. <laughs> Washington. Yeah, yeah, Is it just the Washington day. Commanders? That's it? I think so. I think it's the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyone yeah. that follows me or knows me well, I'm I'm not a football fan, especially not NFL for um, a good amount of reasons. That could be a whole other segment. But um, I recently just shed my I, – I, I have been uh, a Redskins fan for a lot of my life up, up until probably mm-hmm. around college. But I was cleaning out my closet, and I was like, man, you know what? The time is now. If I'm going to ever get rid of this, I haven't worn it in 15 years I shed my last Redskins jersey, passed off to a buddy of mine. Um, the only thing that was painful, it was a Sean Taylor jersey, RIP. Oh, and yeah. I, I loved that dude. I mean, yeah, love that dude. So that, that was a little, it was bittersweet, but I was like, this this feels right. I'm not going to wear this at this point anymore. So yeah, felt like a, that is that is one that you could have kept, but I also I appreciate you. Yeah. you. You cleared it out. Yeah. Honestly, I hung on to it probably because of the name for a while Sean yeah. Taylor but um I anyway. switched from uh Washington football hats the old mascot to okay. um just the W the Nats W yeah. not really a baseball fan right I'm probably more of a baseball fan than I am an NBA fan sadly I'd rather mm. be a bigger NBA fan than a Nats fan but you know repping where I'm from you know the W not that I'm from Washington if I met anyone sure. actually from DC then uh I would say I'm from the suburbs but you yeah. know to the rest of the world I'm from I'm from that area so I mm-hmm. wear the W. I also wear um, the Wizards hat. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in some other jobs, I do this often. I usually ask uh, 
for a high and low since since I saw you last. But I want to start positive because I think uh, we're going to get into – I don't think we are going to get into some deeper topics that might take a – not a negative turn, but maybe not such an upbeat turn. So right, right. give me a high from like the last <laughs> week or so. Yeah, a high. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to share this publicly. This is weird. Uh, I'm a Nintendo fan. I've said that before. Mm. A new Pokemon game came out. I heard. Um, yeah, and I'm loving it. I, I, I'm enjoying it. It's a new twist on the old classics, and and so I've been enjoying playing that. Okay. And uh, exploring different Pokemon and how they evolve and battling. It's like glorified magical dog fighting. Um, so nice. I've, been, I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Nice, nice. That's a high. Yeah. I should have gone first because I'm kind of going to just destroy yours. But I was just at Disney World with the family. <laughs> so, oh, man, yeah, that was kind of mean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we just that got back from down. A little bit. We that just got back from bit. there. Um, we're all COVID-free. And so I mean, they run a tight ship down there, Florida. Well, not Florida, yeah, but I bet. Or Disney World is, is an, on another level. So that was a high. It was just a great place to check out. Um, nice little magical bubble um, to just enjoy. Took the kids down there. Um, so yeah, we, good weather. We had a great time. Down. It was cold, man. Was it? I was I was in a sweatshirt About the like whole time. Like sixty, like sixty degrees. No, it was that cold? man. We would get up because we we're like rope droppers, like early morning. It was upper forties. I was like, what's going on? So wow, that is cold. Anyway, I've never heard the term rope droppers. That's that's cool. Yeah, well, That's Caitlin, Florida, my wife, to tell you all about it, she's, um, yeah. her dream pivot career-wise would be to be a Disney planner influencer. Did you know that there's people that do that in Florida? They Season passes will routinely go to Disney and then um, share secrets. I mean, it's a whole thing, um, like the best strategical way to go about the park and stuff and so she's pretty much that except she doesn't get paid and she does it for our family yeah that's awesome okay already she regularly checks how long lines are to the rides even now she probably did that today i'll be dead honest even when you're not there yeah she checks those lines that's awesome that's awesome absolutely um all right well this is a great segue one of the strangest segues but like i mentioned just got back from disney world was in florida and Emphasis on, you know, kind of the bubble with where we're headed, but bubble of just magical positivity and um, just, it was just a great time. Um, there's some other things I want to get to um, on this episode that we'll get to that involve the state of Florida as well. Um, we're going to get into, um, not into it so much, but some buzzwords. And I just want to set us up before we head into the conversation. Um, John, Mark, we've been talking and we felt like it'd just be a good time to dive into some of the intersections of happy Black History Month, by the way. Um, so we got Black History Month. Thanks. As, as this is uh, coming out, just came off. It's true. MLK Day. It's also Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. I know my kids are talking about too. Um, MLK Day, Black History Month. Uh, oh man, you, you see me off now. And the increased discussion on what is known as CRT, critical race theory. Um, so a lot, there's a lot there, a lot to unpack, but we wanted to kind of talk about the intersectionality of those things. It's a big word, but yeah. um, I think that would, um, just something that's going to be helpful for ourselves and our listeners. On top of that, 
we are joined by, I think, two-time, two-time guest um, and good friend of ours all the way from Atlanta. We, had to, we zoomed her in for tonight. Leith, Lethia Lamberson. What's up, y'all? Thank you so much for coming in. It's always good to be on the pod, especially got a, that a new person here with John Mark, so I'm even more excited. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always enjoy getting to connect with you, David, now with John Mark, and um, we got a fun conversation oh, ahead. Yeah. So. <laughs> always fun conversation, <laughs> especially when you're here. I learned so much about sports. And, oh, uh, I'm so, I'm so do, glad. Do you follow the NFL? Um, I followed it enough to know what's going on. Um, okay. So the Washington football team, I did mm. see that. Now the commanders, that was yeah. interesting. Similarly, yeah. <laughs> how I felt about Cleveland baseball team changing their name to um, the Guardians. I thought, oh, wow, mm. y'all put a lot of money into that research and that's yeah. what you landed on. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, kind of what you were saying, John Mark, about commanders and like, is this like yeah, going to have a negative yeah, 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 connotation? I'm like, that's pretty on brand for the NFL though. You know, seeing as how they're yeah. getting sued by um, brand floors right now. <laughs> yes. for yeah. That too. I got yeah, yeah. Their yeah, racial problems. Too. So, they but are. Hey, we have it in the end zones and on the helmet. So I had to pump you know, the end racism, you know, so <laughs> I had to pump the brakes on forming all my thoughts about what's going on with the NFL right now as I was prepping for this. Yeah. Cause I was like, uh, that'll be too much. That's, we'll that's a ahead. whole, when we whole sign off, we'll go back. ahead and pencil yeah. you in for another. We got to get her back. Yeah, we'll get you back. Um, <laughs> Cause <laughs> NFL is a mess. Yeah. As I usual. mean, I, you talk about quarterbacks, yeah. right. And like, it's hilarious. Let black people be quarterbacks oh sometimes, you know, <laughs> For real though, I don't follow the NFL, but I I will watch the championship games and, and probably the Super Bowl just uh, just see yeah. what happens. But one, I was heartbroken that uh, the Chiefs were out of it, Mahomes, because I, I like him and I like watching. Nah, him how play. about them Bengals? Who they? Okay, who they, who they, who but they, right? and I'm not even. Here's the thing: I'm not even a Bengals fan. I'm I don't rock yeah. with the NFL like that. But I'm from Ohio, right? And I oh, have family are? members who are ride or die for the Bengals. Where? So where I'm. Are they, where are they from? They're from all over. I mean, it's it's okay. either Browns or the Bengals. You know, I'm right. I'm an Ohio right, State right. fan, and they were basically like the pro team for me growing up because yeah, yeah. the actual pro teams were not good. But yeah. people, I got my one of my brothers. He he was wearing his like throwback cut off underneath his shirt for the game on Sunday. So I just have to say, nice. Uday, I know I'm cheering for the Bengals to win me the too. Super Bowl. Same same story. Same story. Sorry, my David. dad's side of the family is from Ohio. I was born in Columbus. Okay. Um, so yeah, Cincinnati, like that's where my grandma lived. I would always visit See? her. So who day? Yeah. <laughs> so excited for him. I, and that's I didn't good. even know this is how, this is how not a football fan I am since COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched half a football game and it was this football game where I saw the, the Bengals win this whole season. That's, that's <laughs> picked, as much as I've You picked engaged, a good one to watch. Right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Seriously. So I, and I turned it on. I was like, what the Bengals are playing. So I was, <laughs> So pumped. That's amazing. So pumped. The so Bengals are on. I'm excited about the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I mean, and also, I don't have a, a dog in the fight like whatsoever. Um, I just, especially with everything going on, I won't lie. I I really was rooting for, once Brady went down, I was like, all right, it really mm. is lobbed up for Mahomes to take this over. He got, like last year happened, yep. he won the year before that. I, yep. It'd just be amazing for a black player, black quarterback to be, uh, he had the time, I think, it was the right time for him to take over as the face of the league. 
I just think that would have been. He still will. Fantastic. He still will. Though. He still will. Yeah, he, he choked. Still he he still choked. <laughs> no, he still will. Oh It'll my be, gosh, uh, he choked no. so bad. No, he didn't choke. The Bengals turned it on. The Bengals turned it on. Uh, that, it, o- that, that overtime. No, no. It was. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, years. he might have choked it overtime. He might have choked it overtime. I think it was a team. The whole offense, though, really, because yeah. Yeah. he they had so much it. time on one of those plays when then when Sam Hubbard sacked him. Um, he had yeah. so much time, you know. So it was like. Yeah. And they lost yeah. it at home too. That was they lost it at home. So so exciting. <laughs> yeah, tough out here. But who yeah. did? Right. We're yeah. losing our non-sports fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, listeners. Sorry. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> another time, another time. Had to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, like I said, we we want to dive into some of the intersectionality of some of the stuff going on um, with uh, critical race theory, education, some of the new laws being passed in different states. Um, talk about. Dr. Martin Luther King, and um, yeah, just how kind of all this is at play right now. It's, I think, hard to jump into because it's hard to even know where to start. But I say, like, let's get this out of the way a little bit. I know we were talking before we hit record a little bit, but so CRT, um, for those of you who don't know, stands for Critical Race Theory. Um, it's a very academic term academic thing i think from is it from the 80s i'm pretty sure 70s 80s 70s yeah. 80s yeah i know kimberly crenshaw is credited with uh coining it at first and there's a handful of other people that contributed to that i believe we are not experts listeners not that you didn't know that already but we don't claim to be either we think it's important to talk about um from maybe a layman's point of view what we should be thinking about this and I think you guys were coming at this with the lenses of 99.9% of people aren't experts either and don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) People don't know what critical race theory actually is. We're not going to clear that up right now. We're going to come at it with what we know about it and even more specifically what people are saying about it because it is having impact on people of color and on on our country. And so that's important here to talk about. So critical race theory, guys, I, like we said, we don't, I don't have a definition, some kind of spark notes that I would start off with and jump in is in my opinion, based on the readings I've done about most of it is it's a theory that's not actually taught in secondary education. It's sometimes taught at the uh, higher education level but is the term being used to just cover all of racism and all of history that involves any type of teaching about racism? Like if you bring up something mm-hmm. that has to do with racism, that's critical race theory and you're a critical mm-hmm. race theorist. And yeah. um, the, the things I've noticed it talks about or focuses on, it sounds like, are the systemic issues mm-hmm. um, that our country is kind of founded on and still obviously suffers mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is not what um, majority culture, white people, white people in power like to hear and mm-hmm. are many of which are doing all they can to push back on that. Um, all right, f- fill in what maybe some Spartan versions you guys have for the listeners. Yeah, um, th- I think that I think that was uh, well said. Um, 
I would encourage doing your own research since mm-hmm. we're not diving into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage looking up, um, there's a book called Critical Race Theory and Introduction that I found to be helpful in just explaining what it is. And even in um, looking it up myself, there are critical race theorists, scholars who aren't completely in agreement on all things. Yeah. So it, like like other theories, there's, there's not just one stance on it. Um, that's probably even going too much into it. So yeah, I would just say, look, look into it. And then the other thing, I think what people, Derek Bell, I think people refer to him as the, um, yeah. uh, what would you say? The, he's not the founder. He didn't coin the phrase, but um, a lot of critical race theory is based off of um, some of his teachings. So I would look into his person, yeah. read his books and form your own opinion, right? I, I really encourage people to form their own opinion. Go to the source. Um, I found some of his writings, especially he likes to write it in a lot of parables to be helpful. Um, so I'd say form your own opinions. Um, there's one, one parable in particular called the space traders and a friend of mine, um, has a podcast named the space traders, uh, that I also recommend. And he just breaks down Derek Bell's parables and explains, um, some of the background of critical race theory. So look look for that. Um, uh, the space trader, Rayshon Graves is his name. Um, but yeah, I would look up that podcast listen to what he has to say about who Derek Bell is. I, I'm a fan of going to the sources of things rather than um, hearing from, you know, secondhand, thirdhand mm-hmm. people who have already formed an opinion and will, and will either positively or negatively affect your view on, on something. So, yeah. So look up those, those uh, resources and, and learn for yourself. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, I feel like I don't have too much to add. Um, but John Mark, even as you were saying, like, do your own work. Here's some resources. Form an opinion for yourself. Part of the problem, and what's ironic, is we're talking about critical race theory to, for people to think critically. We, we don't live, we aren't, the time we're living in currently, people don't know how to do that because yes. they hear second and third hand or they read one article and formed an entire summary of a theory that was yeah. written yeah years and years and years ago and it's like yeah. boom that's what it is and you can't sway me otherwise or convince me otherwise and so that part it's critical you are you have to critically think the theory is engaging challenging people to think critically about race the social construct yes. of race and the way that race is embedded in legal systems and in institutions and so yep. systemic to your point earlier david and so that's the part where yeah do your own work like google's a fascinating fascinating search engine y'all like mm. hop on google type it in read True. legit articles not some offhand thing so do that part of the work too but it requires yep. you to think critically and even to form your own opinion not well my friend who thinks this told me this about it and now i believe that too there's nothing critical about that so i i, I actually don't like talking about critical race theory or crt because one i I didn't hear about it until when it surfaced, whatever, in 2020 or 2021. It's like, wait, what is this? Like, why is this resurfacing? It's not being taught in schools. What do you guys mean? Like, I don't understand that. And so I'm not going to be swayed into this firestorm of I did some research. I understand it. I know it's not being taught. And I'm not going to get in an argument with anyone about it because that is not where I'm going to spend my time and energy. I'm not. It is wasted to do that. And so... Um, I think just even a general addressing of it is really good and challenging people. If you won't do the work yourself, then there's no, we're not going to have a, for me, I can't have a conversation with you if you don't want to do the work yourself, because it's not even really going to be a fruitful conversation in my opinion. So yeah, I'll say do the work y'all. <laughs> yeah. Up. 
Right. I think that's well said. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, would you guys agree that we are, because I'm thinking about from our listeners' point of view, us mentioning we don't want to take the time to do this, but I understand the irony. We are taking time to do this much. Would you say that we are, I feel like we are addressing this because we kind of feel like we have to at this point. Like we're not the ones that brought this up. This is kind of like a modern Mm day. Like this is, this history is repeating itself. Like it's critical race theory is being brought up to broadly categorize um, all these things that have to do with real history. And, you know, we're in the midst of this, you know, kind of racial, racially tense reckoning. Um, And history, like I said, is repeating itself Um, over the years. Many, activists were you know labeled other things you know marxist socialist all, you know these different things so abolitionist abolitionist communist communist yeah. Mm. yeah yeah you have yeah the work yeah. that i was a part of with what i will mm. not name right now we were called we were communists. communists so i was like oh really that's really oh, that's wild know. man okay Did that's that wild that category but yeah. all right <laughs> oh man wow yeah yeah, no, I feel, I feel like this follows a tradition of taking when people are in pursuit of uh, justice um, for the marginalized, the oppressed, uh, they get labeled certain things yes. um, instead of engaging with the thoughts and the methods They actually just get labeled. It's kind of a lazy way of, of dismissing people who are pursuing justice. And and uh, yeah, I mean, what was it before it was CRT? Uh, social justice warriors. Y'all remember that? Yeah. It was like that. For I've like, been called that too. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I think it sounds like a compliment. Written. Yeah, it kind of does. Like, fine. like a warrior. You know. I'm yeah. cool All right. I fight some stuff. Just start saying know? thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But now, now they just say CRT, which isn't as cool as, or as woke. a warrior. Woke has been or, Yeah, woke too. Well. Yes. Woke has. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. that's another conversation too. The, the origins of that word is how it's been co-opted, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David, I think to your point, we are spending some time, but we're not doing a whole podcast episode on critical race theory. We're not going to do a whole series on it. And so I think there isn't, I don't like talking about it, but I, there's an element of, of uh, understanding it, like, like a kind of like a, a summary in some sense. I'm not going to get into all the tenets. I'm not going to read all the yeah. academic books and do that extensiveness of it. But there's a general understanding of what the theory is, where it came from, what it's addressing. And so there has to be some general conversation because some other things we're going to talk about are tied directly to that. Yeah. And yeah. so I think this is important that we can address it in this way, but, and it's going to come up in other parts of our conversation because all of these things intersect because there people are using critical race theory so broadly to address a number of things as a yeah. way to remove it. And so we are forced into it a little bit. I just am aware of like, <clears throat> I'm not going to waste a bunch of time arguing with someone. It's like, here's the facts. If you've actually never even read anything like what critical race theory is, that's the end of the discussion for me. If you've read some stuff and you want to have a conversation about, you know, this is being taught versus I heard it was being taught in some way. What was it? That's the part where it's like, okay, let's talk about it. But this is a way to challenge and invite people. I think one, if I've never read anything like, oh, I should go read for myself. So I think there's this importance to talk about it in some way without saying we're not diving into it. We're not critical race theorists. And so I'm willing to spend a few minutes on it with y'all and then move it, you know? I'd love to get an educator or educators or two on here. So shout out to educators listening. Um, I just, I don't know how much, you know, they're allowed to talk about this without, you know, I understand risking your job to 
do that kind of stuff. But that would be just very interesting to mm-hmm. hear from straight out of the horse's mouth what is, is going on there. Because we just came off um, MLK, MLK Day where just started Black History Month. And I know my kids at least are learning about um, Black History in school right now. Um, but that, yeah. that kind of leads, God. yeah, that kind of leads like to leave your point. Yeah. A general understanding, I think right now at this point in time is necessary because a general understanding is, um, being used for power. People are passing laws, bills, getting elected, um, based on just a general understanding, um, that they're spouting off to people, quite frankly, and a caveat, this isn't a, uh, I know it sounds super political, not a political statement, taking one stand on one way or the other. Um, necessarily, it's just saying, calling a spade a spade, in my opinion. And that 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 really is yeah. what's happening. We're going to get into some of that. John Mark, I don't know if you want to jump in here. You Some of your findings, were you've kind of detailed um, a few of the things that have happened in a handful of states recently. Would you want to run through that for a hot second? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. Um, so I think kind of what, what we want to talk about um, is how we how we should approach history, right? Because that's kind of where the tension is. How do we talk about hard history? So um, states that I've done a brief amount of research on, uh, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, all have uh, recent examples of censorship concerning what history is taught in public schools. Uh, Virginia recently had an executive order banning the teaching of critical race theory in public schools. Texas and Tennessee both have had school boards or local governments ban books that teach about topics like civil rights movement and racism. Um, Zora Neale Hurston books have been canceled. Uh, the Bluest Eye and Beloved mm. uh, both were were challenged and, and I think taken off in, in one case, at least I wrote about. Um, and even books that teach about the Holocaust, uh, which is mm-hmm. shocking to me. Um, because even Germany teaches that history. Right. Um, so it's shocking to me that they would be like removing, removing books that, that teach about that. Mm. Um, all because it's, it's hard history and they think it's too hard for, uh, children to read. Like that's, that is some of the thought behind it. Right. Um, so yeah, the reasons they give, I think vary case by case, but it all seems to come down to should we, or should we not teach our children hard history? Um, and even in Florida with the new bill, um, do you remember what the name of that bill was, David? Yeah. With the individual freedom bill. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. With that bill, right. Individual freedom bill. Um, I, they don't, it, it has to do with comfort of learning about these mm-hmm. things. Like they don't want mm-hmm. to feel discomfort, um, when being taught about race, um, and, yeah. and hard history and, uh, diversity and and so they so they're passing a bill um it's for cool. comfort right yeah we can even start with florida a little bit because that's kind of fresh in my mind um i even pulled it yeah, up so the the senate bill 148 it, i mean called individual freedom bill we've talked about um how even individualism <laughs> is rooted in privilege by mm-hmm. white culture it, i mean it, it, they gift wrap this thing to pick apart in my opinion with just totally. even the, even the I mean, name. It's, very on, individual. it's very on brand. Individual, the individual yeah, freedom. It is bill. for the U.S., absolutely. I mean, it literally is about uh, comfort, and it's illegal for, I, I guess, I don't know if it's just, I guess anybody they'd have to say, but I'm going to, for white people to feel uncomfortable, or uh, probably anybody, but mainly white yeah. people to feel uncomfortable teaching about something like this. So individual freedom, providing yeah. that, 
subjecting any individual as a condition of employment, membership, certification, licensing, uh, credentialing, or passing an examination to training, instruction, or any other required activity that espouses, promotes, advances, inculcates, or compels such individual to believe specified concepts constitutes discrimination based on race, color, sex, or national origin, revising the requirements for required instruction on health education, prohibiting instructional materials, reviewers from recommending instructional materials that contain any matter that contradicts certain principles. Sounds super vague with a bunch of kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that, you know, the required... um, Yeah, I work at a university, you know, required training, uh, diversity training, whatever, that... It's good, um, but even it sounds like that stuff, if I feel uncomfortable taking that, it's illegal for me to have to take it now. Um, yeah. It sounds like that's where we're headed, and this is, mm-hmm. I know some people might be listening and thinking, oh, it's just one state, big deal, but this this is concerning to me because literally this is, this is called, I mean, this is a law, and it's a bill that people already in power, mm-hmm. it's illegal for them to feel uncomfortable about teaching facts and history mm-hmm. about other people um who are you know for status in a lot of ways below them and Mm -hmm. the i want you guys to jump in but the the comfort thing i just it's so hard to get around because it's it is laughable to me because the things they would be teaching about so they don't have to feel uncomfortable teaching it right but they're the things that they would have taught or history of laws that were created for their comfort to begin with Mm. And people don't, I think maybe some of us might, you know, most of us know the general knowledge, but I don't think we take it to heart enough. I think we might watch like uh, a hidden figures or, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I don't know, this makes me feel old now, but remember the Titans or something and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a good Titans. story. That's I, the one we always yeah. go to, right? That makes yeah. me feel yeah. good. Like, you know, unity yeah. and uh, that's, that's mm-hmm. about, you know, racism dying and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but the, the. <laughs> The, for a football team, just, right? Just for the football yeah. team. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about how powerful. I've talked to a lot of people that like a movie like Hidden Figures is super. Um, like the first time they're like, "Oh wow, that all that actually happened." So the comfort thing of like, like literally, like let's sit with this for a second. People are, are allowed to not feel uncomfortable teaching about. Um, the fact that, you know, in every, you can say anything. Uh, I'm not even just saying people of color, black people specifically were not allowed to do anything that white people were able to do. There were, what, black hospitals. Um, I was just reading with my kids about Rosa Parks recently, back at the bus, mm-hmm. black water fountains or colored water fountains. Sorry. Um, you know, restaurants and then employment and housing, mm-hmm. everything was, was about comfort, um, swimming pools. Yes. Like it, yeah, and yeah. so I just think if more, I truly believe if more people understood just the disparity and how ridiculous something like this is, um, it, it's concerning and it's something which is, I think the intersectionality of all this is why we're here kind of talking mm-hmm. about the importance of why we should care about this um, when there's policies like these being made. Um, jump in. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I mean, I have 
lots of thoughts. When I was reading, reading up on it earlier, one of the things I wrote down, it talked about the legislation would prohibit individuals from making people, quote, feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any, for, any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. I said feel discomfort or anguish. So you yeah. can't teach anything that would make anyone feel discomfort or anguish. <clears throat> but the thing is, history is hard. Like there have been yeah. atro- atrocities that have happened globally and here in this country. You, you can't, in a, in a way that's true to history, you can't talk about the Declaration of Independence and July 4th, 1776, and not talk about that there was a genocide hmm. for this nation to be founded as, quote, the United States of America, a genocide hmm. to try to wipe out an entire people group. Yep. There's reasons that indigenous people are on, reser- on reservations, on certain places in, yep. the, in the country, yep. and are fighting to get even some of that back, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But it is inaccurate and so problematic to ignore that. Now, is that going to make someone feel uncomfortable and discomfort and maybe anguish when you think about if you actually read what happened to indigenous people? Well, yeah, it should. I mean, it's uncomfortable for me. And I, I'm not indigenous. It's uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me. And my people that I know didn't do it because my people were I'm of African descent. So they were enslaved in the process of it. So mm-hmm. it, it's so mm-hmm. wild to me. This is so on brand, like I said earlier, it's so on brand for things in our country where we want to white, continue to whitewash it. And so, so people do feel comfortable. I'll, I'll give an, I'm going to give an example. This has nothing to do with Florida, but I think it ties to what's happening in Florida. So a couple of years ago, I was the only person of color on an all white team, a national team. There are about 20 of us on the team. It was my first meetings um, after I joined this team and I was already a little uncomfortable I'm like a black woman entering the space. I'm on a learning curve because I'm in this new national role. And mm-hmm. it's the the third day of the meetings. And we're sitting around like in a U-shape. And one of my friends, um, white woman, who I was good friends with, we had worked together. Um, she shared a story very like tearfully and painfully about um, being with some family members. And a, a comment was made negatively about black people and slavery and so dehumanizing. And so she's sharing this example. I'm sitting in the room. She's sharing this example. And I'm like disgusted and so mad. And also like, and she didn't say anything. Like to her family. She, she didn't say anything. Yeah. She I know she wow. knows better. Right. Um, and we're friends. I know she thought of me. I know she thought of other black people she's friends with, right? And she addressed that. She said, I didn't say anything. And I thought of just the sin in that moment to not address the sin. And then what that did, how that would sin against my black friends. And so she's looking at me and like just confessing this. And so we're having like a moment, but there's all these other white people in the room. And so she is feeling the weight of it. I'm crying because it's really hard. And what I, what I experienced in the response in that room was the comfort. It was, Oh, I'm so glad you shared that story because now I know when I mess up, like it's okay. It's okay. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, we don't get it right, and it's okay. To the point where a number of people had responded that way, she said, please stop trying to rescue me out of the weight of the sin. I want to feel it, and I need to feel it, so I hope to never do that again. Wow. Yeah. And then what's wild, what's wild is it continued. So really? I'm sitting there. I'm like, did they not just hear what she said? 
She literally wow. said, stop. Stop it. And they continued because it was a source of comfort of, oh, I have thing- bias and all these things. And yes, we are going to, to mess up. As a yeah. black woman, I have harmed and hurt other people of color. And I'm aware of that and I have a lot to learn, right? So this is not just about white people. At the core, though, it's about the comfort. And for the majority currently in our nation, that's going to change soon, is white people. And so it is about we want people to feel comfortable. And when you want people to feel comfortable, you're not going to tell the truth. So we're going to have another generation of people growing up not knowing the truth. And that's Mm -hmm. that is a problem because we repeat history when we don't know it and we don't tell it accurately. And so and, and the other thing I thought as I was thinking about this bill was. Who gets to define what's uncomfortable or discomfort? That's what I was going to yeah. say. I was like, it's, it's so yeah, subjective. It, it is. Cause okay, let's so say if we're in a room, right? It's like, well, I feel discomfort that you're not talking about it. Mm. So what do I, you don't want to talk about it cause it makes you feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable yes. that we're not talking about it. Right. Well, you, right. Well, you wouldn't yep. be the teacher there. So it'd be all right. But <laughs> I mean, in any, in any case, if they're in a school system, yeah. right. If they're trying to talk about it and the students like, Hey, yeah. cause this bill, it's so broad. I'm like, yeah. it's going to be interesting to so how it unfolds, right? So, so if I'm broad. a student, yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, Miss Jones, I feel really uncomfortable that you just said slavery. Oh, okay, so what's going to happen? And I'm sitting in the class like, slavery really happened here. There's, we got, we, we know, we, we have facts yes. of it. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable that you don't want to talk about it. So what do we do? So I, yeah. Yeah, that brings up uh, I was wondering make any sense. what you guys thoughts were like your upbringing with on the eve of like a Black History Month or MLK Day knowing that maybe your school's about to teach. Oh, I'm sorry, I was away from the mic. Um is about to teach about it and, or about slavery for yeah. the first time. Um obviously you have our, you have grown up having those conversations in the home more, but was it I'm just trying to think of like the comparison I think there's a different, I'm assuming there's a different kind of discomfort knowing you're going to go into school, especially if you're, if maybe you're surrounded by a lot of white people that everyone's going to, you know, be looking at you or something. It's just going to be uncomfortable and painful for you. But so there's that kind of discomfort, but you want them to teach it. Um, but then, so then, yeah, on the flip side, now there's this kind of like, well, we don't want there to be discomfort teaching about it. So I, I would almost say, has that? Do you think that dynamic has been weaponized towards the black community? Um, if you know what I'm saying, like, well, we just want to get rid of all discomfort. Like, let's unify and no one feel discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. Honest, that that makes sense. That's not even possible. That's what's I. That's what's wild about it. It's yeah. It's not possible to live life whether you know Jesus or not, it's not possible to live life and not feel any type of anguish or discomfort in general. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone yeah. can attest to that. And, and anything. Yeah. yeah. Suffering is a part of the reality that we live in. Being human. Things are uncomfortable. Yeah. So that to, to, to swing, to swing the pendulum and like, well, we don't, you know, our black students are already uncomfortable and we don't, let's just be, let's just be unified. How let's can blame we y'all. be unified? Right. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that is, that's crazy to me. So yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the reasoning behind that type of argument, but it's reckless. And you have in that, I was reading about it in that Senate here, the Senate time in Florida, one of the black senators was like, this is ridiculous. You just don't want white people yeah. to feel uncomfortable or feel guilty about anything. This is actually not helpful. Yeah, and what was even less helpful was it was a man of color who proposed the bill. Hmm. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, and and I appreciate what you're saying, Alethea, because um, somebody's got to hold the burden of mm-hmm. the hard history, right? So not talking about it leaves it on the shoulders of those who have suffered most from the, from the effects of history, right? That feel the echoes of history most deeply, right? So um, if we stop talking about it, then um, the black students, the brown students, mm-hmm. the um, the Native American students uh, in public schools are going to be like, why why is nobody telling my story, right? Mm-hmm. My my historic story, my family story. Why is nobody seeing me, right? Um, Asian students too. I didn't want to uh, leave them leave them out, but you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Um, if we don't talk about it, we leave that burden um, on on those children, right? Because, I, I mean, we know the talk, right? Uh, that every family has, and and I think it's different for different people. Like, uh, for um, for black and brown kids, the, the talk is like, this is how you survive an encounter with an authority figure in, out in public, right? Um, and that and it and it starts young, right? It starts at like. I don't, like when do you leave the house when you start going to school preschool right you need to learn how to interact and be respectful because uh bad things will happen because uh brown skin is already marked against you right um so the question is when does that same thing happen for white families when do you when do white families first start to talk about race um and and the hard history mm-hmm. um and why like what's the motivation for that how, is, is it for care is it I don't know what it, what else it would be for care, for honoring those who are different, uh, learning how to care for people who are different. That's the only motivation that I think will stick uh, for, for unless you have a brown person in your family. I don't know why else you would want to talk about it. So, Yeah, even with that, though, it's part of <laughs> for white people needing to talk about that in their families. Absolutely. But then I think about the history that's been passed down, though. Right. And so part of what mm-hmm. is perpetuated <laughs> is especially living I've lived in Atlanta for almost six years now Atlanta is like it's kind of we have there's a lot of problems here and race is very strongly still present let me be clear on that (laughs) but when I tell people I'm like I live in Atlanta I don't really claim Georgia because Georgia's reckless okay um we have a whole governor who like stole an election anyways um so I say I'm from Atlanta right but being in the south so I'm like learned some stuff about here I've gotten to visit some places um and the history that is passed down as I'm leaving Georgia, I was back in September. I was headed up to Nashville for an event. And Were you driving or flying? A, I was driving with another black friend, but passed a Confederate flag, right? And it's like, Whew, yeah. so, okay, right? So this is even in that. So it's it's about the, the what are we saying with history, right? That's the part where yes. we, even teaching it in the school, where it's like, there's a way a white teacher you don't understand what it means to be black or Asian or Latino. You don't understand it, but there's still a way that you can teach the history accurately in a way that is honoring and it's going to be messy and it's hard. Right. So it's part of it is a education for our educators who, who, who need that, but it's also for the parents. It's what's funny about reading some of the stuff is parents are getting to approve in certain States and in certain districts, they're getting to see the material. In Indiana, a bill was just passed in their Senate or House, one of them, that teachers have to have their lessons plans in before the school year starts so parents can review it. It's crazy. And then they can say, oh, you can't mm-hmm. teach that. And you can't teach that thing. You can't talk about this. you got to re- replace that. Like, I think parents, I'm not a parent, so y'all can speak to that. I think parents, like, it's helpful. Like, what are your kids learning about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to have control, you're not edu- like you're not a teacher though, right? Yeah. And so there is this wild takeover. But at the core of it, it's we want to protect 
We want to protect mm-hmm. what we've known. Mm-hmm. Think about desegregation, Brown v. Board. Sorry, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox right now, right? But it coming to discomfort. So in Tennessee, one of the districts, they they challenge a book, an autobiography of Ruby Bridges, because the summary was from parents, it'll make all the white kids feel bad. We don't want them knowing what, what and we don't want them, we don't want them to, we don't want them to know that. So that was a summary. Yeah, that was a summary. Wow. So if we go wow. back to that time and we talk about comfort, so white parents didn't want their children to be in schools with black children. So what did they yeah. do? They fled and started private schools, which still exist mm-hmm. today. Yeah. So white mm-hmm. flight—that's a very real thing. Not making it up. That actually happened after Brown v. Board went through and it started getting actually mm-hmm. applied. Right. That's a whole other conversation on desegregation and integra- integration, right? And the problems with some of that, because it wasn't done well. But that right there is, again, it's like we want to protect what we've known because it's comfortable. And when we just want to, we just want to be comfortable, we are not going to grow. We're not actually right. going to be able to be right. unified. Yeah. We're not going to know how to love people who are not like us. Yeah. And we're seeing the fruit of that present day in our country. Yeah. The history that's been passed down. Now it's playing out in 2022 because it hasn't been taught accurately or taught at all. (laughs) And so we're still reaping the very rotten fruit of that to an extreme now to say, well, let's just remove it. Yeah. Yeah. So we can protect what we've known. So we can protect this idealism of this nation because our founding fathers were so great. Let's fight hard to protect it. It's just all, like we've been saying, interconnected. And to me... I think you, you you have to see that. I think the crux, which is what we've kind of pulled out of this, is is the comfort thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a basic word that is so serious right now. Um, this isn't just, you know, it's already serious enough. I think that there would be this kind of censorship um, in the school system, but I think it's, it'd be wrong not to acknowledge what a step backwards this is mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. It, when oftentimes people that don't want to talk about racism in history say, well, we've moved on from these things and, you know, there's no more desegregation and I'll, I don't have to mention slavery, but how, how it, there's a failure to see, but don't you see that this, this are these steps heading backwards? Like this is literally yeah. heading in that mm-hmm. direction. I'm not saying it's definitely going to go there, but it's, I think it is wrong, disingenuous to not acknowledge like that mm-hmm. this, you, you realize this is in line with, more in line with desegregation moving backwards than mm-hmm. moving forwards. And we're living in a time now in the last couple of years that I thought we were all going to have open arms and, um, you know, teach, teach this stuff more and jump into education and understand our history more, more truthfully. And I think even the word I love to hear from you guys, um, comfort and, and shielding uh, people, especially white people in power from discomfort that would be, I, I think it's a little bit triggering based on where we're living because on the, the climate we're living in right now because I, I kind of even go to stuff like police brutality and um, which is what has kind of propelled us into the moment we're in a little bit mm-hmm. right now for a lot of people. But I don't, mm-hmm. it's hard not to even go there a little bit with a lot of defenses coming up um, when black people are murdered in the streets um, and that that's rooted in so often and I, I, I felt threatened. Um, I was uncomfortable right. and right. it is connected. Um, I don't know if you guys make that connection, but I'm just like, it, it's so interconnected hmm. for me and I can't unsee or feel that or s- speak out about that. Um, cause that, that just is, 
heading in the wrong direction mm-hmm. based on what so many people, you know, impersonal I've just seen, like I've said, they don't want to be part of heading in. And I'm like, I, something like this in Florida, these other states, Virginia get passed. And I'm like, what, it, what is happening? Um, mm-hmm. and, anyway. People can say a lot of stuff. I'll just say that. Mm. You can say a lot of stuff. I don't know if y'all saw the stats that came out mm, sometime last year that was talking about the money that was pledged, you know, after in the in the wake of Amon Mary, Breonna Taylor, oh. and George Floyd, right? Okay. And it was like, oh, we're going to give all this money to black organizations and businesses and all this money, like 50 mm-hmm. million, something crazy. I forget the number, was pledged. And it was an embarrassing amount that actually went through. And the reality really? is people will jump on that bandwagon real quick because it's, quote, the right thing to do, but they don't understand it and they're not actually committed to it because that right. means if I, it costs me something, not just financially, but it does cost me something, but I'm not ready to count that cost. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to go there. And so I say the good thing, but when it actually costs me something, I'm, a, I'm actually out because I actually wasn't really for it from jump because I don't really understand it, but I felt like if I didn't say something, if I didn't post my little black square, then someone was going to say something about it. But the reality is I really wasn't about it. And so that's part of the problem now. Even um, (laughs) as you were talking, David, one of the things that came up was there was a bill in New New Hampshire that said it would ban teachers from advocating, quote, any doctrine or theory promoting a negative account or representation of the founding and history of the United States of America. Where was this? Say that again. New New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Did this pass? This hasn't passed. It's a proposed bill. It's a proposed I mean, bill. Okay. The fact that it's okay. even proposed, I'm like, this yeah. is wild. That's just right out there, in the open. That's just it, yeah. it's just out there. Just out in the open. But yeah. the deeper than the discomfort is it's tied to fear. Mm. Like I fear if I don't post a black square, someone's gonna say something. But mm-hmm. then if no one asks, I don't have to actually commit to anything and changing. Because if you actually look at it, the voting in the 2016 election and 2020 did not look very different. Yeah. Right. So Real. did we actually change? No, because that would have cost us something. So it's tied to fear. The, the discomfort is tied, the, the yes. layer underneath that is a fear. A fear of, what are you going to take from me? Because, quote, I worked hard for this. Well, yeah. that's interesting. Maybe back when the GI yeah. Bill came through and you got land and the generational <laughs> wealth that was acquired yeah. from that is actually what propelled you and, yeah. there's reason and the black people did it. A wealth gap, it. precisely. But okay, you don't yeah. want to talk yeah. about that. It's yeah. tied yeah. to yeah. a fear of, I've been told this is how our nation started. So don't talk to me about the fact that in line 33 of the Declaration of Independence, it still says merciless Indian savages. Yeah. But don't wow. talk about the genocide of indigenous people to form right. this nation. Does that mean that we couldn't read the Declaration of Independence in school because that might right. make some people feel uncomfortable because of how it's... Right. You know, written. I mean, if you get past the very beginning part of it, yeah, you have to go, you know, a few lines down. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's a so, good question. Anyways, I yeah. think you make a great it, it is when you really look at it, it is it is massive steps backwards. Because the reality is what happened in the summer of twenty twenty was an um I almost used the wrong word there. Um it was a an awakening to an extent. Mm-hmm. For mostly white people, I would say for other people as well, even for some black people. I mean, there were things mm-hmm. I feel like in myself that were unearthed, right? And so it hit people in different ways. Yeah. But I don't believe, and we can see this now two years later, 
I don't believe this country was actually ready for what that awakening meant. Yeah. And so because they weren't ready and because it's tied to fear, we now have books being banned across the board. Such a whiplash, right? Professors not able to teach. There was a professor who actually got removed from teaching something in Florida because of that bill, because it was about race. Wow. Hmm. So anything like it's 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 this massive the you know dr king called it the so-called white backlash and so he talks about a number of his different speeches but that's essentially Mm -hmm. what we saw the wave of that in uh post-slavery with reconstruction and then what happened with that and then black codes being put into place and then jim crow and segregation and the backlash that came from brown v board you Mm -hmm. see it it's it's oh my gosh it's history like this is not new Cycles so repeating. Totally. So we're taking massive steps backwards by saying yeah. we're going to remove books and we're going to censor. But here's what's ironic, y'all. Sorry, I'm on a soapbox right now because this really is firing me up. Yeah. Yeah. Go for so it. So the people, a lot of the people that are wanting to ban or are banning books are the same people who were screaming about cancel culture. Oh my gosh, they posted one tweet five years ago and you're going to cancel them. I can't believe it. A year later, yeah. hey, make sure you remove that book about the Holocaust. Because yeah. it makes my child uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable thinking about that. Remove that book that's talking about race because they white kids don't need to be told that they're just terrible people and inherently racist and they're gonna feel bad and grow up and feel terrible about being white. So remove no one's saying that, but remove remove that. But a year ago, cancel culture, gosh, that was so real. Or the first amendment amendment, right? That's fascinating to me as yeah, well. Yeah, freedom of speech. Yeah. So you yeah. you said something. You said you you mentioned Dr. King, mm-hmm. right? Um you mentioned Dr. King. So Dr. King said that about the, the white backlash, yes. right? Um, that's, that's fascinating because I've heard him quoted a lot lately saying uh, that we shouldn't judge by the color of skin, but rather the content of character against these conversations, right? Yeah. Quoted against sure. these conversations, For right? Sure. So, and, and going back to Black History Month, the question you asked a few questions ago, like what was taught? Um, so I, I was homeschooled. Um, until high school, from fourth grade to high school. So every month was Black History Month in my family. So I, I learned a lot, right? And I didn't realize I wasn't being taught what, I wasn't learning the same things that other people were learning mm-hmm. in private schools and public schools. Mm-hmm. But when I got to high school, that assembly, I mean, who was covered? Dr. King, of course, you know, Rosa Parks, heroes that should, you should be should be covered. Yep. Um, but it is that, that, that I have a dream mm-hmm. that one day, you know, my kids won't be judged by, by the color of their skin, but rather the content of the character. But they they take that part out. They don't read letter of a letter from Birmingham jail. Yeah. They don't you know they don't read the rest of that speech and yep. continue to see or even the context of of why that said. Like why did he need to say that? Mm-hmm. Can we we couldn't talk about it right because we might we might touch on uh, CRT or we might touch on some hard history that makes someone feel uncomfortable. Yep. Right? It's this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that you, you mentioned Dr. King. He was aware of it. He taught about it, you know, like read him, you know, <laughs> like totally. as you quote him, read him. Yeah, that, and again, Google and YouTube, I'm like, y'all, this is, stop going off of the little soundbite of that clip, that one clip from I Have a Dream speech and not even understand why there was a march on Washington, what all yes. else Dr. King said in that speech. That's like, and that's one speech. Yeah. So he talks yeah. about the so-called white backlash in his speech called um, The Other America. Um, you know, people don't talk about when we talk about voting rights in 1957, Dr. King talked about give us the ballot when he's talking about voting rights. You know, there's so many things that people have overlooked. He talks about, um, 
he pushes back on an uh, interviewer in 19, it was in 1967, like 11 months before he was assassinated, he was being interviewed at Ebenezer Baptist. Um, and he talks about the whole, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like just dismantling that um, idea, um, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I right. don't have boots, how am I going to pull them up? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got the boots. Exactly. I don't, I don't yeah. have the boots to do that, right? right. So there's right. so much that, again, whitewash. So, again, we want to feel really comfortable with Dr. King. And so we, I just say that generally in our country, I, I have grown immensely in understanding that Dr. King is so much more than um, I have a dream speech. What's really funny, and right. Craig talks about this in one of his songs, people are like, be more like Dr. King. He's like, you know, he was assassinated, right? Shot him in the street, uh, facts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so good. So, so, good. so let me, that's who you want me to, I want to, I want to be like that, but you're telling me to do that in a way that you have deemed Dr. King to be this really small thing when he was assassinated. Yeah. He was he was one of the most hated men in America. Hated. The FBI hated. was tapping yep. his home, yep. trying to set him up. So if there are if groups of Christians that cheered when he was assassinated. Yes. Precisely. Right. So if right. Dr. King solely <laughs> wanted us to have a colorblind theology, why would anybody want to kill him? Hmm. Why would his home be tapped by the FBI and on yeah. the FBI's most like hated list? Why? Yeah. If that's all, if that's all he did, Why? Governor, make it make sense. Yeah. Bring it full circle. Um, I believe you can YouTube it. Yeah, Governor DeSantis, the um, Florida governor. Oh, Lord have mercy. In talking about this bill and his speech, did did the thing we just said. Used that quote. Like, essentially Daddy. said, like, you know, Dr. King would have, you know, hated or would have been pro this bill because he hated the thought of, you know, I don't know if he said discomfort, but he used that quote of like his vision was for, you know, unity and us all to hold hands and, you know, kumbaya. sing kumbaya pretty much. Like he no. Dr. King rolled like, in his grave when DeSantis said that. Weeks ago, he, he literally <laughs> did this. Just YouTube it. Look it up. And he, he uses that just to get essentially get this passed and get support um, mm-hmm. so that that's, you know, still happening. It's not a thing of the past. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I, I pulled up a quote. But that, that makes I, people. But that makes people feel comfortable. That's what it is. That's what it boils right. down to, right? Mm-hmm. So if if I have to engage the whole of Dr. King, oh, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. My Absolutely. understanding of Dr. King is a colorblind theology. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That that's what's yeah. taught. That's what I learned in school. So yeah. I grew. I went to public school. I'm from Ohio. Public school K through twelve. Okay. And I was thinking about okay, when did I learn about racism and what history was taught? And it simply was. Uh, Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. We didn't say nothing, nothing else about any history of slavery except she just freed some slaves. Okay, yeah, Underground mm-hmm. Railroad, yeah. and it went through Ohio. So we like pride ourselves on that. So <laughs> you know what's wild? Pride. Sidebar is they actually in Ohio to this day they they reenact that. So when we talk about not understanding how problematic and unjust history is, when you actually bring students to reenact what it's like being chased by someone being a quote slave and that's wild why and they do it at night so that's this wild. is part of what's problematic about not actually understanding history so anyways sidebar so <laughs> harriet tubman <laughs> underground railroad dr king gave a speech about not judging his kids by the yep. color of their skin and then rosa parks d- said said i'm not getting up <laughs> and so the buses yeah, come history. with the buses that is what i learned k through 12 in ohio it wasn't until well into my 20s where I had my own awakening 
where someone mm-hmm. started to actually teach me things. It was in January of 2016 when I learned about native boarding schools and the fact mm-hmm. that line 33 of the Declaration of Independence says that. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. 20, let's see, I'm about to be 35. So whatever that was, five, six years ago. So I was 29. I was almost 30. And that's when I learned about that. Mm-hmm. That, I, that. That's wild to me. There's so much I learned late in my 20s because the education I got was so so whitewashed, left out so many things. And so I mm-hmm. had to come to this reckoning of like, man, Dr. King said more than that. Oh, Dr. Yeah. King was assassinated. Okay. Oh, Dr. King talked about the three evils of militarism, poverty, and racism. Ooh, yeah. we don't want to talk about that. When he started talking about poverty, that's when they went after him. It was that poverty that united like people that. together. They didn't and, like that. And he yeah. went to Chicago and talked about it. People didn't yeah. like it. Or yeah. the Vietnam yeah. War. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. They, yeah. They didn't like people that. People didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. So let's just not even, let's not even talk about that. But wow, yeah. for me, it was like, Dr. King, like this man was brilliant. And also the way he engaged and talked about these things, no wonder he was killed. Mm-hmm. No wonder uh, his house was bombed. Yeah because he was trying to secure voting rights for black people in the South because it was, they were illegally being discriminated against and not allowed to vote because of things like literary tests. So mm-hmm. no wonder. Okay. So that, wow. I had to, I had to reckon with that and be like, I have so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. I have, but I've read, I've yeah. read letter from Birmingham jail. Oh, why did he write it? We don't mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, cause clergymen said, Hey, Hey, your cause is good, but chill. Tone it down, yeah. Chill. I thought. I'm sorry. Black folks is being lynched and water hose and and bitten by German shepherds in the <laughs> so street. So we should be patient. Yeah. Saying, you tell us chill to be out. Patient. And yeah. his, you know yeah. what? That sounds familiar today. Yes. Hey, hey, yes. hey. Black folks and white institutions. I'm going to go there. I'm not going to name anything, but I'm going to go there. Hey, hey, hey. I understand. I, I get it. We need to be more diverse, but can you just not be so intense? I get it. Okay, you're right. Please just. Not be so intense. Don't say mm. it like that. Don't say it like that because it's just uncomfortable. And well, that's interesting. Yep. You want me to tell you what my experience was like walking in a room with a bunch of white staff and then being told, try to lead and then saying, hey, it's okay if they don't, where they are, it's just fine. We're not even going to engage it. But we need you to not be so intense and not look so mad. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's rough. Okay. So Dr. King said that back in like early 60s and it's 2022 and that same sentiment is still playing out because again what i said the beginning of this little soapbox was this country was not ready and is not ready for the real conversations and actual change there's pockets of it right like we're seeing Mm -hmm. it in pockets but the fear-mongering that's going around the bills that are being passed we're banning books now across the board that is evident of we are not ready and we're not trying to change and we're going to fight like hell to protect what we've always known Yeah, mm-hmm. because it makes us feel really good. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. Leith. That was a lot. That was <laughs> yeah. Good. That was good. Kind of feel strongly about this stuff. <laughs> there's this, I feel like there's this um, need for maturity in, oh. in these conversations when yes. we like, when we look at, at, um, how history is taught, how hard history is taught, how we consider teaching it to our children, um, the youngest children, um, up, you know, through high school, young adults. Um, and then considering how history has been taught, 
we we make heroes out of men, right? And then if someone says something against what they've done or what they've stood for, then it's like, oh, you're saying they're all bad, right? So there's this this the good bad split where it's like either either they are perfect humans who did no wrong, yep. and we just honor them with everything we have and make make yeah. uh, idols to them, or or we uh, or they're they're villains and they're terrible and we have, we have to throw them out. Yeah. And um, the same, I feel like this is playing out with the content of these books too. It's like um, th- I guarantee you, these books aren't saying that all all people who are racist are bad, right? It's not saying all white people are bad, yeah. right? So it takes some maturity and some yes. some. Adults should have that to help navigate their children through understanding. This isn't saying that you're bad, right? Mm -hmm. These, this action of these people were bad and the repercussions of that we can do something about, but if, but it's not you, like you're not condemned because of this. Right. Um, Yeah. It it takes, it takes a nuanced view of history. Yeah. Or it could be you and what are you going to do with it? Maturity. Like like what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just stopped. I kind of just stopped referring to, Certain books like uh, seems like a long time ago now, but a white fragility like it'd yeah. be people mm-hmm. asking me like something they could read, and that was when it was pretty new. I was like, read this, yeah, it's 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 very helpful. Um, I was in a discussion group with it with some um, other faculty on campus, and lots of pushback. Not not by everybody, but mm-hmm. um, or I would have somebody because, not asking because what to they read. were uncomfortable, right? And so yeah. I would have people or the the people that read it. It'd be one of two things: like people that read it, not everybody, but often would say, "Well, I just don't feel like it told me." Well, one, I felt bad, but then it it just it didn't tell me what to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what to do. So that, uh, that's one side, or else the other side. My favorite is when people who haven't read it. Um, oh, just yeah. give me the spark notes version of what they heard about it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound good or it doesn't, doesn't sound like it's helpful or I disagree with it. Worse, and I'm it. like, but you, <laughs> but you, you didn't read, read it. it. And so like, I don't, and then have DN headlights look from those people. And I'm like, what do you want? What do you want me to say when you ask for a recommendation and then you don't read it, you don't but read you it. Exactly. combat it without reading it. Um, yeah. so that, that was something I just kind of put, I, I started just, Honestly, politely saying, look, don't read it. If you feel bad, if you feel guilty reading it, that's not, that's not why I told you to read it. So don't read it. Yeah. And there are other things to read. Guilt, guilt is not the most helpful feeling, right? So there are other things to read. Um, yeah. (laughs) Something, something, um, uh, uh, Leith and I, Leith and I's friend, but Ashley Bush has been on here. Something she said when she came on here stuck out to me a lot. Um, when I was thinking about this podcast, uh, episode is, she was in, she grew up around where I'm at right now, uh, Christiansburg, and she shared a story um, of when she said something uh, racist at, at school. And I don't know if it was directly to somebody or whatnot, but she was, you know, reprimanded by the administration. And she, they, they kicked her out of school. And she shared how she was like, that was life-changing because mm-hmm. that just, it was a huge wake-up call, and I'm just wow. extremely thankful for that. There was just a zero tolerance for the one or two black kids that were in my class, and it wasn't going to be tolerated, and I was, uh, I was expelled. She was expelled, and she wow. was like, that was one of the best wow. things that ever happened. Um, I was thinking about mm-hmm. that when you shared maturity, John Mark, because yeah. she, I, I don't, I'm sure she didn't feel like that necessarily right then, but mm-hmm. we talked about that for a while, because I was like, wow, like, one, I was super surprised, but two, I was like, wow, like 
the flip side is so much more common of like, okay, you know, let's sweep this under the rug or let's talk about this. You didn't really mean it or just, you know, handful mm-hmm. of things that would be brought up and yeah, how just sure. detrimental <laughs> that way of going about it is. And it, again, it intersects because then I just think about how those instances are taken so often and how nowadays something like that would be almost fall under the umbrella sometimes of uh, cancel culture. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we, we can't, we can't mess up now. Yeah. yeah what yeah. what yeah. are we going to do? Just, yeah. And so I don't know that maturity. It's interesting to me that with all these, we came in with all these big words we we're going to discuss and we're discussing comfort and maturity. <laughs> Cause, um, Cause it's, it's because we have, it's real. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a, I know I'm a guest on here, but I actually have a question for y'all because I'm not a parent. Yes. I'm an auntie through and through. I love being an auntie so much. I have my nephew's picture on my lock screen and my home screen on my phone. <laughs> so like I'm obsessed with this kid. Okay. Love being an auntie, lots of nieces and nephews. So, but I'm not a parent. Okay. So there's, there's opportunities for me as an aunt to engage. Um, and when I say that, like it's my friend's kids. So I have friends who are white and so I'm hanging out with their kids and having mm. conversations. And so there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for me to influence and share and be honest and engage. Right. But I'm not raising them. And so I'm curious for both of y'all, like, cause we brought up parenting, right? Like there's, we, we yeah. have, we have engaged things as adults and so, but it's like, but what did we learn as kids and what do we have to reckon with now? And then for y'all, you have to, you're parenting, right? And you're like, well, I don't want to repeat <laughs> not talking about it. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I want, I'm curious about that. Cause I, what I did was this book would totally be banned right now. Um, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? But it's a phenomenal yeah. book. Um, Dr. Beverly Daniel Tatum, brilliant. But she talks about at the early years, so preschool and adolescence. And in that section, she mentions that kids as young as three are already noticing and making, uh, noticing differences in people when it comes to skin color and hair. And then she makes this comment about adolescence um, that I was reading. And I thought it was just, especially for parents, she, she makes a comment about proactive race conscious parenting can make a positive difference. And that's Mm -hmm. very counter to what we're hearing now. Now it's saying like, don't talk about it and it'll just not be there and go away. So I'll have to say, I think it'd be cool for y'all to even share as we're talking about this of what's it like to parent, especially in 2022 when books are being banned and you're, what do you do for schooling and some of those things? I'm I'm just curious to hear some of that because that's not my reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I almost wish my wife was here because she she's actually the one that is, she's white, but um, she's white, but she I feel like has a good grasp on just on how to communicate with their kids about mm-hmm. um, not just not necessarily just race, but race and a lot of other issues that we want to prioritize teaching about. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. me, um, I mean, you said age three, so I mean I have a three and just turned three and almost six year old, so we're kind of right there. And I was thinking about this actually, cause I, um, trying to figure out which way to go. I don't have like a lot of great advice, which is why, you know, I said my wife has a lot of good advice, I think. But, um, for me, what seems to be working and I'm going based off just how it seems to be going now. Like, I'm not like, Oh, we're doing amazing. But two things have, I think have been positive this past year with, um, my six-year-old who's in kindergarten is I think um, not forcing like anti-racism on on our kids like Aaron on that side 
mm-hmm. has helped for us because I'm geared more towards that probably by nature right mm-hmm. now of like like mm-hmm. I don't want any ounce of that in in or around and I'm like very defensive. Mm-hmm. And, but that can be too much for a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mm-hmm. he, does, he doesn't have all this baggage. Like, he doesn't know about all of this mm-hmm. at all. So there's no reason to bring that kind of angst on them, in my opinion. And so one thing that his, his teacher always says is that he's got a pretty diverse class, which I'm super thankful for around our area, mm-hmm. but um, is that he is just a, she says, a friend to all and, like, just loves mm-hmm. everybody. And um, that's just, I, I'm very thankful to hear that. And, mm-hmm. um. And then also, um, we we have a, a children's book we just got from the library on um, Dr. King, and I was reading, I was cleaning up some of the language because I was reading to three and six year old. Um, but um, when it said, you know, what happened to him and a lot of uh, you know, yes, John Lewis yes. and stuff. But um, anyway, I was reading uh, the part part about Rosa Parks and the bus and stuff. I just so what I mean by not forcing, I just kind of read through it and mm-hmm. almost see if he asks questions or notices something. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. move on. I don't say like, see, like these people are bad. Yeah. These people are good. So I was right. just kind of no, reading, yeah, reading about, that. you know, why people haven't sit on the back of the bus and was turning the page. And my six year old, this was last night. I was like, wait, what was going on? And so I was like, okay. So yeah, a lot or not. the. It used to be so that white people, people, lighter skin, um, had more freedom than black people, people with darker skin. And here they had to sit. They were only allowed to sit on the back of the bus. They were not allowed to not sit there. And he just without it with, you know, out even hesitating was like, that's stupid. And then he was like, that's <laughs> super stupid. And just like belted it. Out. And I was like, stupid. it was amazing. Cause one, it was funny. Yeah. Cause I've been, we've been trying to teach him not to say stupid anymore, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> Yep, you're right, bud. You can, yeah. you, can as as you can say that as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. It is not, like super stupid. He said it with like super his whole stupid. chest, and it was, it, it felt I good. I'm it. not gonna lie. I'm like, yeah. If that's yeah. what you're picking up, great. That's a parenting yeah. win. I'll, yeah. I'll celebrate it that. Is. I was like, I'll take it. it. Is. I told my wife about it later. She was like, I heard in the other room because she was across with the other one. Like him say, you know, scream, that's stupid. And I was like, yeah, it's about this. He's like, <laughs> all right, great. <laughs> anyway that's, that's uh, good yeah john mark what, what do you got for us yeah yeah and similarly children's books are super helpful um what is the name of those books um can't remember it but they're they're cute drawings and they're about black heroes um mm. and they, they tell uh how they've contributed to society and um there's there's one about black women and about black men and so bringing those in like reading the, those to them um i love doing that for them um, also just talking about their physical appearance and how beautiful they are, right? Because uh, they may go into the world and receive a message that they're lesser because of uh, their, their browner skin or their, um, their brown hair. And um, my wife is white too. So um, they are biracial. So they're, they're, their experience is going to be different yep. than mine and hers. And um, so just kind of helping them see that they're beautiful. They're made in God's image. Uh, they're valuable. They have worth. Um, from a very early age is, is what we're doing. And then reading those books to them too. Um, yeah. And, and amazingly, right. Children are able to handle mm-hmm. big concepts like death from a very early age. Right. And like, it's hard to get um, more serious and have more hard truth than the, the, fina- the, the, uh, the finality of death. And mm-hmm. um, just the fact that we all die. Right. And so yeah. um 
so for my family, we we have an older son who uh, lived to be only seven hours, right? So uh, he died in infancy. And um, so my daughter has an older brother and she's four. And so we've had been having these conversations about her brother um, and her whole life. And so she, she processes bits at a time um, the hard history of our family, right? Uh, the personal hard history of her family. So um, similar to race, racial history, um, as we as she grows, we can talk about these things yeah. because children are able to process hard history. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, thanks for sharing that. Again, I know I'm a guest on here, but I just was I was curious no, what it. your the approach has been and what it what it's been like. And I think it's important yeah. for people to hear that, especially today, right? Like how do how do we engage our kids? Like there's so much they're exposed to, and yeah. it's so different even than when we grew up, right? Um, but one of the things Dr. Tatum actually said as I was skimming through the book to make a couple references was, John Mark, and you mentioned this, like this positive affirmation of mm. who they are, how God has created them, right? Their skin color is exactly what it's meant to be, their shape, their, all of those things. And I actually marked in the book, like, I didn't experience this growing up. And this is mm. not to, to knock my mom. I think my mom did the best that she could with what she knew. Um, but I didn't have those, those messages um, of positivity reinforced in me. It was all the negative stuff. Like my hair is nappy, so I need to relax it. So it's straight. Cause that's, what's pretty. And it looks bad mm. if it's not, mm. I internalized that until I was 30. Mm. I had a, a moment when I was 32. Um, but prior to that was starting to embrace, like, I don't want to relax my hair anymore. But then I had a moment when I was 32 that I was not even planned where I saw my natural hair in the mirror for the first time. And I almost started weeping. Wow. But I never, never wow, experienced that as a kid because I don't think my, yeah. my mom knew how, like she got a relaxer, she got her hair straightened. So that's what she yeah. knew and that's what she, yeah. she taught me. And so I think about all the things I had so many experiences with race growing up and I never knew how to talk about it. I never knew how to talk yeah. about in third grade when we moved for half the school year, I was the only black kid in the school in elementary it's school. That's hard. That's hard. And I, that's my first memory of I'm different. And yeah. I don't know what to do with that. And I don't remember if I told my mom, like, cause something was said, I remember vaguely at my, at my locker. And that was my moment of like, Oh, I'm the only black kid here. I don't know what that means. And I was in third grade. I didn't have an opportunity and space to talk about the racism that my friends and I experienced at other schools in our County, yeah. um, where KKK mm. had been active before and, um, mm. the N words being tossed around left and right. And there's threats wow. of shooting and, um, the N-word is keyed into our car uh, with an E-R, not an A. So, right, very blatant right. racism. And yeah. I had I didn't know what to do with any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because raised, being raised, I was raised by a single mother. I, my mom had no framework for that. It was simply ignore it or right. it's not that bad. Or So I internalized all these things as an adult. And it wasn't until in my late 20s that I started to be like, how do I talk about this? Like, oh, yeah. you're giving me language for my experience now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this makes my life has been shaped in so many ways and I didn't even know it. And so I think about, and Dr. Tatum gives this example of she's on workshops and she asks adults that, and there's all this fear to even answer because they're embarrassed because they're like, I, I didn't talk about it. And now as an adult and I have children and now I have mm. to figure out my own stuff while also trying to parent them in this world where this is still very yeah. prevalent. And so yeah. I just appreciate, I just want to just all that to say, like, I appreciate y'all as parents, like even engaging your children in this way and exposing them to things at an age appropriate 
I, people can argue that and there's a reason why there's children books and you right exactly and you figure yeah, out yeah. what you can and can't say right like i think right. that's part right. of it is there's no there are experts in talking to children about hard things like people do that for a living <laughs> yeah. exactly. right? we can learn from them yeah exactly so i just yeah. um it is a failure to kids for us not to engage them early on so that they can begin to try to make sense in they in what their brain can fa- like con- conceptually understand of the world that they're inhabiting. And as they continue to grow older, begin to continue to make sense of that. So as they become adults, they're like, oh, my parents have talked to me about this. Like I'm, and I got to figure out how to engage the world on my own now as an adult, but I have a good foundation for engaging these things. Man, that's so significant. I wonder how different my life would look had I had that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not again to knock my mom at all. Um, I have a lot of compassion mm-hmm. and grace for her. Um, and mm-hmm. having me 18 and trying to figure out how to raise me without my dad mm-hmm. present, you know? So, wow. Yeah. Anywho, thanks yeah. for answering the guest oh, yeah. question. Thanks for sharing that too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks, Leith. <laughs> we might be too far in this to open up this can of worms, but just what you, I come back to that often of just the term liberating on journeys. Like your story, Leith, is mm-hmm. I share some similarities, but I know so many mm-hmm. people, um, do right now and I would just if you couldn't tell I'm very big with interconnectedness and just over the arc of things happening and so mm-hmm. anyway I, did, I didn't grow up having these conversations about race either it was much later in life that I had those moments where I was like oh man and that's what I've been experiencing here this is what you know that means or this is the the historical narrative behind this happening to people that look like me mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and how just, you know, there's interconnectedness between, um, all people of color, but then it's also very separateness within Mm -hmm. that, just all, just all these things. And we just said a lot of different things I think are just interconnected with, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are in that same boat of having that liberating feeling of just your, your hair moment, Leith of just like, (sighs) is the first time I've experienced this on this level and it's, Mm -hmm. it's heavy, Mm -hmm. but I think that is, we can touch on that as also liberating for people of color, but because of power struggle that we've been talking about the whole time, that's where stuff gets turned on its head and weaponized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's stuff like cancel culture gets bred out of, honestly, of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's literally, you know, it's, it's culture. That's the new cultural thing. People are starting to come up with these new things to explain their problems in life. And it's like, no, 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 we're, we're becoming informed mm-hmm. and educated at a yeah, yeah. quick rate. And it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the foundation, for majority culture, which was the foundation of, of how we got here. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it's hard for me not to make those... <laughs> those connections yeah and then it's hard for me not to bring that stuff up when people say stuff you know like leaving slavery in the past it's like well mm. this is a this is i don't want to be you know make up anywhere close to any kind of false equivalency but i've had conversations with people it's like you, you do know like these are problems stemming from like the problems we're dealing with now are stemming from all of that like mm-hmm. right even the very like nature and reality of so many people of color, especially I'd say in the black community, having these later in life experiences like that has got to be rooted. I I think y'all would agree to slavery and getting deprived of 
education and um, you know spiritually and academically, and yeah. how how those are still some of the same conversations we're we're, we're literally having now, which is how, how we started, you know, yeah, at the beginning of the, the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, that's where I can get on the soapbox too, because I'm like I I just I can't stand the false mm-hmm. narratives, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all about having conversation where there's gray area, but where there's not. Yeah. I just I I can't. I'm like, but this literally happened, or this literally didn't happen. There's not like a gray area here. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and it has massive impacts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the transatlantic slave trade and the domestic slave trade built the economy, right? Mm. So right. How, like, you want to leave slavery you, in the past, we, but you don't want to leave the dollars, right? Well, right. Yeah. You know, like yep. that the wealth carry through, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So we got, and and that's where maturity comes in. You know, like there it is. Yep. Good. America has done good things. America has done evil things. Yep. Right. <laughs> so hold them in tension and hold them together. Exactly. You know? Yeah. The, the nuance yeah. that's, I've grown a lot in that in the last few years, right? The seeing the nuance to being able to hold both, like it's not a one or the other mutually exclusive. It's a both and like both are yeah. true. I think about, you know, our, um, we think about our uh, immigration, like crisis at the border. And so many um, U.S. people are so quick to be, to demean people fleeing mm-hmm. their countries mm-hmm. because of war and gang violence and the economy. Mm-hmm. And I started to ask, only to ask people, do you know what was part of, who caused part of the economic downfall in that country? <laughs> it was the U.S. Well, they're not ready for that conversation. Precisely. So we, we are yeah. dehumanizing people who are being told there's this American dream and we're, and we're trying to better our family and get out of this evil, evil place where so much evil is happening and you're going to dehumanize me and put me through a lengthy years long process to even try to get into the country and become a citizen when you're actually part of the perpetrators that caused the reality that people are living in. But we don't want to talk about that because it messes with the notion that America is the greatest, the U S is the greatest nation in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the U S has contributed. We need to talk about that too. Because yeah. then we can make some, to say we can do some good, we need to own that. And then it's like, here's access and we're going to provide this space for right. you because it's going to take so long to deal with the war and gangs and drugs, all of those things that are present. But man, we need to shift our money and our resources and actually do some good, not just keep bombing people or sending troops, you know, like we just, we yeah. just perpetuate the issues. But to that point, that takes a, a lot of maturity to talk about that. Um, I experienced that in the sports space a lot um, when the whole thing with Kaepernick came up, right? Where he was kneeling mm-hmm. and it was like, he's disrespecting the flag. Mm-hmm. And, and so guy. I just called some people out and I said, hey, can we talk about um, Muhammad Ali? Y'all love to call yes. him. Foot like a <laughs> butterfly, sing like a bee. Yeah. None of y'all ever talk about what he said about the Vietnam War. Yeah. How he was and willing I, to go to jail and give He lost his title over lost it? Lost that. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he was like, I will not. I will not go, go. Yeah. to another yeah. country and kill people who look like me, first of all. Yes. <laughs> right. And then come yeah. back to a Sending country brown that people says, to fight brown people. He didn't want to do it. Come back to a country that says, oh, and by the way, you're a second class citizen still. So mm-hmm. yeah. still. come back. Still. Y'all, y'all yeah. don't want to talk about that. Y'all don't want to talk about Jackie yeah. Robinson. Y'all want to talk about him breaking the color barrier in baseball. That is a significant thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to minimize mm-hmm. that. Y'all don't want to talk about what he said about the national anthem, though. I don't y'all want to talk about. 
Y'all don't want to talk about that. I, I don't even know either. People don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I heard about it in his, uh, I think it's in like an autobiography or one of his books before he died. But he talks about the national anthem and mm-hmm. the flag in a way mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. like very, I mean, he would be kneeling with cap, right? And so, mm. like, but we don't, that's a, the maturity to say, oh, man, that's uncomfortable. Please just let me stick to my Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. That's all I want to talk about. Muhammad yeah. Ali was the greatest boxer of all time. That's all I want to talk about. Don't tell me, right. I don't want to talk about the other stuff. Yeah. So I can piece them apart. So I can piece yeah. apart our country and say, we did, we did a bunch of good stuff. We're the greatest nation in the world. We're also 30 trillion in debt. Mm-hmm. We, but we don't talk about that. That just happened yesterday. Hmm. Treasury Department numbers came out. So it's just, it's it's the both and. It's we need to, but again, that requires a maturity. It requires an ability to critically think and hold things together and to say both are true. Yeah. So what do I do with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard work. Yes. That's hard work. And a lot of people don't know what hard work in that way is and what it looks like. Again, because it comes back, it costs us something. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 cost me something, and for the follower of Jesus, we didn't even get into this. It, it it might mean the Lord might say, "Hey, now that you're aware of this, there's actually something I want you to do. I want you to give up. I want you I want you to relocate. I want you to leave the burbs, and I want you to move to the inner city. Mm. You've had this awakening, right? And you want to get to know people who are different. This is what I want you to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Like that cost me something." Man, okay. Yeah. So let me, I have this privilege and I'm entering into a space that is, I don't understand at all and no one looks like me, but man, I can enter into that. Dr. Perkins talks about that in his book with Justice for All, Dr. John Perkins, hmm. about relocation. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's, yeah. it's the point that like we've been talking about, the maturity, the critical thinking, the ability to hold both, but we don't know how to do that because we've been told one thing and we want to stick to that narrative. Yeah. Because it feels good and makes us feel yeah. good about ourselves and the country we live in and not it's to a, be able to say it's it's good and it's really crappy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a both yeah. end for sure. Yes. And I care so much to, about, I think, consistency with a lot of these conversations. So not not perfection, even though that's even weaponized sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. sometimes as well. But an example, I might say I was at a, a conference recently Um where I, I was thinking because I'm trying to think which way to explain it, but I came across somebody that had questions and it was kind of along the lines of like the slavery's in the past argument type thing. And so that happened. And then at this very same conference, one of the big initiatives and in it's in one of the, you know, this big main meeting, we're watching, you know, a video and, and, um, you know, it's a it's a moving video. It's a great cause, but it's about overseas and helping fund this big initiative to get um, these black boys out of slavery. And mm. we're like getting behind that. And it's this big emotional thing, and it is real. It's emotional and like moving. Mm-hmm. But my mind is just going towards this is case in point of just the disconnect that there is. Um, in some of these spaces uh, that we just have to get around. And like when you're talking about hard work, it's hard because it's hard because you have to deconstruct a lot of what you have thought was right this whole time or, Mm -hmm. and maybe just, and also at the same time learn 
new stuff. And so it's, it's a both and thing. Like I'm not, I'm very pro what this initiative, you know, was in this example, but the disingenuous, like the disconnect between like, but I I thought this is all in the past, but we're, so it's just like, Mm. let's connect, connect these Mm -hmm. dots, please, please connect these dots. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And so even the example that you said, Leaf, like maybe, you know, maybe, especially those that identify as Christians and, you know, feel called to do different things. Like maybe the answer really is going, like moving to inner city more often than it is. Like I'm going to go save people in Africa or overseas. That's not bad, but, it, mm-hmm. You know, let's let's make those connections. And I was thinking about the flag thing with Cap and kneeling, and you know, the whole disrespecting the flag thing. But at the same time, is it disrespectful to print out the Blue Lives Matter American flags? Like in that, yeah, doesn't that they change the flag? About that. They and I, to, to, about that. I to wear you, it wear it on your swim shorts. Yeah, you know, so, like, you know I'm like. <laughs> Doesn't that, yeah. how's that not disrespectful? Again, I, I, I wouldn't have said yeah. that if this wasn't, if the cap stuff wasn't brought up, but right. uh, let's, let's be consistent, consistent yes. and mature, faithful to deconstruct your, our discomfort here, I think is kind of the, mm. the thesis of what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. Truth telling yeah. is uncomfortable for people. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, it, is. It, it forces you, or it can push you to, to reckon with something that you don't want to believe or... Uh, just want to hold to. So it's easy, like even with the flag argument, right? It's easy to, to even when the military person who told Cap to kneel um, yeah. and not go in the locker room um, said he's not, it's not about the flag. And if you actually go read about like what you can and can't do with the U.S. flag, yeah. it's those very things, but no one talk about that. No and so again, it's, we pick what we want to uh, confirm what we believe and already know. And we're going to, we're going to build something on top of that. And we don't, we don't have any space to even, try to hear like actually there's more truth to this because that actually dismantles this narrative that I've I've created and I'm sticking with and so I'm gonna ignore all of that I'm gonna ignore that you brought that up I'm gonna ignore that thing or I'm gonna but this is in support of the police so it's it's okay yeah so yeah but again very on brand for the U.S. I mean this is this is nothing new and that's what's What's wild to, I think, experience in 2022 is we hear Dr. King's speeches and we read about some of the history and we're like, this is still happening, right? There's not, right. there's not the overt racism of like different water fountains and like I can sit at lunch counters, but there's also the feeling of I live in the South and there are certain places I, I'm not going to stop because when I'm driving up, right. if I drive to Ohio and I take 75 North the whole way, mm-hmm. Rome, Georgia is not far off of 75. You know what happened in Rome, Georgia in 2020, the summer of 2020, a KKK no. rally. Mm. Really? In Rome, yeah. Georgia in 2020. That's why I asked if you flew, if you drove or you flew. Cause yeah. you know, but I, it, I, I know it's I know more expensive, but it's safer, right? Yeah, to stop though. That's the thing is like nowhere to stop, oh, right? Yeah, you got that green book. You got it precisely. You know the spots like, to stop. Yeah, yeah. Sundown towns, yeah. like they're not what it yeah. was then, but it's actually a, it's still very present, right? And yes. so yeah. that's the sad yeah. reality is we want to act like stuff is so far in the past without engaging the very present day and the implications of things yeah. like slavery and Jim Crow and segregation and blackface and. Black, mm-hmm. Like all of those things are still present. Housing discrimination yeah. is still present. We don't want to talk about it. Gerrymandering is still present, but we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like these are yeah. very real present things that are affecting and disenfranchising people of color. Here in Georgia, 
if people go to vote, and I think the midterm coming up or for the governor election coming up, if you give someone a bottle of water that's waiting in line for hours, yes, all that. and mind you, in predominantly black counties, yeah. black and brown counties, you can go to jail. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. That is, it's that crazy. It's crazy. Because of how the system is set up to where they started a new system in the 2020 election and it was breaking down. And so people were in line for hours. People were in line until 10 p.m. in certain counties in Georgia, which yeah. were the predominantly black counties. Yeah. yeah. Because this, the system failed and it just took them so long to get it back up. But hey, if I bring you a bottle of water because you've been staying in line for five hours, I could go to jail. Well, I guess I'm going to get arrested because that's wild. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it's stuff like that where it's like that is still happening, but yeah. we don't want to talk about it because, well, we had the Civil Rights Act was passed, you guys. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. The Voting Rights Act was passed. Like, see, like black people can vote. Right. Why are we tripping? Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to close the locations where you can register to vote. Like in Alabama, they did this a few years ago. And so if you don't have a driver's license, you, you can't drive. And maybe if you don't have the bus fare to transportation to get to the place to register so you can vote, then you can't vote. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I guess you can't vote. But we're going to make it harder. But all yeah, the laws right. are passed, but we're still going to make it harder for you. You don't have to pass yeah. a liter- literacy test, but if you can't make it to the place where you can register. You can't register. You can't vote. You can't vote. It's twisted. It's twisted. Very. Yeah. Yeah. I think circling back to history, I think um, one of the things about remembering hard history is that it is humbling, right? Because mm-hmm. it reveals who we are as people and, and how we can do terrible, evil things to us. And as, you know, faith in Christ, reading the Bible, um, the, the um, Israelites are an example of people who remember, right? Mm-hmm. And so they remember the past of what has been done to them and the past like you, you read um, the book of Judges and it is not, you know, shine, like a shining picture of, of who they are. They forget mm-hmm. over and over again and turn and dishonor God. Right. And they they mm-hmm. choose to remember that um, as a part of uh, worship and looking towards God. And I think I think especially for, for Christians in America, we should we should be able to handle um, how God views people, how he loves us, how he views us, right, as his children in Christ, mm. um, and then not have our our dignity and worth challenged when we read hard history that we may have benefited from more than other people, right? Mm. So we should be able to to navigate those two realities of, of God's view of people and then mm. and then what, what has happened in the past that we benefit from. Um, yeah, I just, there's uh, the book Reading While Black, um, uh, by Esau McCulley, recommended that messed me up. for everyone to read. Whew. Yeah, me too. I think I read it four times in the last year. Mm. Probably talk about it every time I get on this this episode, right? <laughs> this this podcast. But it, but it points to the significance of of understanding mm-hmm. history and connecting that to today, right? So, yeah, fantastic book. It would be banned um, because because you're reading while black. So, yeah. you know, it's like you're making one race better than the other by doing that. Yeah. We should, but, we should come up with a banned book list, just like all the lists, all the books that we could possibly think of that would be. I could start it because oh, I've experienced that. So, Have you? uh, okay. yeah, you know, in certain spaces in the last yeah. couple of years, uh, books have been removed, mm-hmm. um, without people reading them. But were they books like, that were they books that highlighted slave owning Christians? And what they taught, or were they? Uh, that's, probably <laughs> I'm, I'm, of, that's probably one of the books. I'm, I'm making probably a joke. Did. They probably didn't ban. They probably didn't ban those those <laughs> they, uh, people. But anyway. Oh no, no, because they were great theologians. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, no. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they didn't someone, ban them. Yeah. Someone recent, someone not recently. Someone said, I forget. Maybe it was last year, year before. 
it's particularly with people who say they follow Jesus, right? That would, they would identify as Christians. And there are a lot of the proponents of saying slavery was 400 years ago. Why are we still talking about it? Like leave that in the past, right? It doesn't matter. Mm. Yet we talk about the Bible inspired <laughs> of God and Jesus who walked the earth, how many thousands of years ago and yeah. still say, we have to know that like that matters, like mm. that history matter. So yeah. if, if the people who lived then and were impacted and changed and transformed and did some crazy stuff at the same time, and we saw that continue as the gospel then spread out from Jerusalem, right? And it went out to the world and they engaged the Roman Empire, they, all these things. If that matters how I live today, then why wouldn't the implications of a nation that was built off of free labor of people who were enslaved but weren't regarded as human. Yeah. I, w- I would say that the defense would be race isn't tackled in the Bible. Not my defense, <laughs> not my defense, but that would be, that would be the, mm. the defense to play devil's advocate. Yep. It's, but ethnocentrism is right. Mm. So racism may not be, but it's cousin is, you know, and yeah. And it's so, I mean, as we can, well. So mm. that's what, the actual translation for nations in Genesis right. and in Matthew and in Revelation. Oh my gosh, front to back. Wow. That's, that's yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, and they were brown All people over too All over who the discriminated yeah. against each other. So there's that because they didn't live in the U.S. Yeah. yeah where it's yeah. majority white is mm. Middle East, but okay. Anyways. The comparison, yeah. <laughs> the comparison to me is that's funny. I don't, I mean, it's not even really worth explaining typically, but is the, you know, the same people that'll say we need to leave all that in the past, but then use the same argument to keep up monuments and Confederate flags. It's like, well, I, yeah. why are you so attached we to that though? We celebrate our history. That's yeah. fascinating. Why do we have to celebrate? I thought we had to celebrate history. And so it's yeah. just... And that's cancel culture. You just want to cancel Robert E. Lee and all those people. Right. That's what y'all are doing. We're starting to sound like a broken record, but that <laughs> you know, that's just, that's a peek into outrageous. our mind, you know, like... Yeah, the contradictions. The, the, it's the consistency and the contradictions. Like yeah. that's what is insane to me. Like, do people uh, say it out loud? Like that's what's crazy to me. This dude on TikTok recently. This was about the. I'm not. I do not want to get into this conversation, but I just want to use it as a reference of the my body, my choice argument, right? And so it was like yeah. my body, my choice to get vaccinated or not. But they were protesting abortion. So the guy interviews this these people and he's like, mm. oh, you feel they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's my body. I can choose to get vaccinated or not. And they're like, I think I saw well, that. what about the claim with this? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and they, they were fumbling over their words because they've never been challenged that directly. I'm like, yeah. that right there is a prime example. You haven't done the work. So you formed an opinion about something and then yeah. it's contradicting itself in mm-hmm. all of these other instances too. leave up mm-hmm. monuments of, Confederate generals who wanted to keep, who wanted to secede from the Union so that slavery could remain, where they're profiting mm-hmm. off of the labor of people they did not regard as human. Mm-hmm. Let's keep that up, but we and you want to take it down. That's cancel culture. But hey, ban the books mm-hmm. that say Robert <laughs> E. Lee was trash. Yeah, but they don't actually say that. Yeah. I mean, the books speak better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, like yeah. if, it's, if it said That's that, how I wanted to like, say it, but yeah, right, 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 right. But if it said that, then I'd be like, yeah, you have a case. But they don't say that. You yeah. know, like they they speak. Yeah, 
Thanks for clarifying yeah. that. That was a necessary clarification. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, no, your That's point is how I clear, feel about but, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, Leith, thank you for joining us. This has been dope oh, as always. Yes. I'm going to keep uh, taking you up on your open invitation to come on until you make it too big to uh, to come on here. Remember the remember the small the, the little people. Wow, wow. <laughs> and all, y'all, in all y'all seriousness, you talked about John Mark. You always talk about. You saw Macaulay. I'll, I'll be transparent. Yeah. So he was my uh, high school social studies teacher. He was. But anyway, yeah. I don't, we're not like in contact or anything. I've DM'd him a couple times. <laughs> I have an outgoing uh, a DM that I've seen that he's seen that I just put out there on a whim. I was like, Oh, to get him to come on. To get him to come on. I'm sure oh he won't. Gosh, he's too awesome. busy. Um, but hey, shoot your shot. I'm here out, for yeah, shoot your shot. Yeah. It is out there. So PSA for anyone that has better yeah. um, hey. context. So. Shout out NCS people who might have closer contact with him. I don't know. Oh, yeah. um, tell him to read his DMs. Or he's already read it. I I'll saw. chase him down. Yeah. I'll chase him down for us. Come on. And I just <laughs> put it out there. I was like, if you ever, like, uh, like I'll, anytime, obviously, um, if he ever gets back to me. So anyway, Lee. I love it. That's awesome. Um, we will, uh, I mean, literally, I can already think of the next like five episodes we could do on stuff we've brought up on this episode. I know. So that's true. It's so hard not to go into some of the NFL stuff right now, but I'm going to pump the brakes and save it. Yeah. Yep. Save it. Um, it really is. Yeah. It is a whole episode. Truly. Yeah. That might be one of my recommendations. Yeah. It's a weird one, but just to, there's a lot of football fans. Cause I think most people like football. I don't, mm-hmm. but follow mm-hmm. what's going on with uh, coach Flores and the league. I'll mm-hmm. just put that out there. That mm-hmm. could be some mm-hmm. work, almost homework to do. To I mean, they got a lot of homework. Unpack, unpack, yeah. Critical race theory, understanding. Yeah, it. that's true. All of history. <laughs> a lot of book recommendations. Do you want to end with recommendations? Yeah. Do you want to end with like a banned book list? A banned book list. <laughs> I'm a little kidding, but not really, because I think yeah. a lot of stuff we recommend Hon- honestly, is banned. Honestly, this is what I'll say: look up the books that are being banned. Yep. And then read them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep, there it is. yeah. I mean, they're like they're great. It's like Ruby Bridges. Like, learn about that history. Yes. I'm gonna look up Mouse because I haven't read Mouse, and that's I haven't about, either. But yeah, it's a it's a graphic novel, right? And, and I haven't yeah. read it, so I'm gonna read it. So, um, yeah, look up the books that they're banning, the things they're trying to remove, and read those. Yep. And read them to your kids. Great recommendation. <laughs> there it is. That's great. Yeah. All one foul salute. See, we yep. can be we can be succinct if we, we if we try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Real talk though. Thanks for having me on, y'all. This was yeah. Uh, thanks for being on. Good chopping it up with y'all, and it was just good processing for me. I needed to, to get some of this out. So thank yeah. you. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys for potting with me. Um, as always, our music was created by the great Dylan Dent, and our artwork was created by the also great Ashley Bush. This podcast was created to elevate BIPOC voices and our allies and to invite anyone else to listen in, learn, and grow with us. The nightmare might scare you no worse than reality. They hunt you by day, y'all rob here, Maud Arbery. Everybody got a time, but that's less than comforting. I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me. Mosquitoes in the vein, or leeches on my soul. This money on my mind is a fracture of my bones. You get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost. And they wonder why we drink, and they wonder why we smoke, and they wonder why we think that everything's a joke. I'm shocked that we can sleep, must be the thought of letting go. Now I lay me down to see if I'm better with the valley. Now I lay me down to 
opposite, I'm fed up with the valley. Now I lay me down to sleep, I'm fed up with the valley. Now I lay me down to sleep, I'm fed up with the valley.